Electric guest is Asa Tacone and Matthew Compton. After a non-random opportunity to work with Brian Burton, aka Danger Mouse, the dynamic duo began creating funky indie rock with a lo-fi twinge, harkening back to a simpler time. With three albums released, Electric Guest continues to experiment, propelling their way to a poppier aesthetic. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. Yo, yo, to the world, what's up? It's Jesse, it's Jay, sitting across from me. That's Jay Purcell right there. And if he's ever been on the video, he's right there. Uh, Hello, everybody. Yes. What is up? Welcome to Rooster Grooves. We're talking about electric guest. Let's get right to it. You know who we are. You know what this is. Um, this is an indie rock band. This was my pick for the week. Cool duo, classic, you know, indie rock type, poppy indie band duo making music. What do you think about them, Jay? Uh, very groovy, yeah. Um, Happen uh, dove into their story this afternoon by myself, listening to their music. Um, they actually describe themselves as pop. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that word a lot, and uh, but from listening to it, we just played that track there. Opened up with "Awake" from their first album, Mondo, right? Love um, it. Uh, produced by Danger Mouse or co-produced by Danger Mouse. Yeah. Uh, like I love Danger Mouse's stuff in general, like uh, his solo album he did, his work with Gorillaz. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear his, I hear his uh, sound on that track and on could... some of the tracks on that album. Yeah, yeah, nice. So that kind of warm drum, dry drum sound. Yeah, funky stuff. The 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 backing vocals is the acoustic guitars. Just the way it's produced and mixed is like very kind of Danger Mousey, and but it works for. Um, yeah, for for these guys, electric guests. That's I just thought soul, yeah, and a little bit retro as well. Yeah, no, it is a kind of yeah. a, a little bit of a throwback vibe, yeah. vibe. Um, a, that first album almost with a little bit of a lo-fi twinge across it, but it's like mostly it's funk and it's groovy. Yeah, um, you know, indie rock, yeah. but like really, like pretty funky. Like almost some of the stuff is like a pastiche of some older music, like some sixties. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like white boy Motown type okay, yeah. <laughs> indie funk, <laughs> right? Kind of thing. Yeah. No, but they're kind of reinventing it. They got a really good sound. Yeah. Um, that Mondo album, their first album, debut album in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it reminds me of Broken Bells. You know, Broken Bells. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Broken, isn't that? I and th- I th- th- that was a group that Danger Mouse did with some other people, right? With Nora Jones was on that. I think. No. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if it's a different one. Um, electric, or no, uh, Broken Bells is with James Mercer from The Shins. But he does, right. he works with somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's Danger it, Mouse. Is that him? Yeah. So and, that really is. And the guy from Shins. And also Nora Jones is on a couple of tracks on it, that Broken Bells. That track we just played, that's what I was thinking about. It sounded a lot. That's what I was like thinking one too. one particular track from Broken Bells. Like, I didn't know Nora Jones did stuff with Broken Bells. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nora, is that who I'm thinking of? Nora Jones, yeah. Yeah, she has yeah. new stuff. Yeah. I mean, does Broken Bells have new stuff? 
uh, I think they were like one and done like projects. Yeah, that's as far as I knew too. Says, I hope they still come out with more stuff. Sister's still around, but they, uh, they did two albums. One in 2010 and one in 2014. Oh yeah, after the disco. I thought it was not Danger Mouse. I thought it was a crazy coincidence yeah. that sonically it sounds so similar to Broken Bells. So that yeah, makes so yeah. much sense. Well, Danger Mouse's real name is Brian Burton. We should say their real names. Yeah. And also, also we're, we're talking guest. Yeah. <laughs> That's who we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so we got Asa. Uh, where's my name? Asa Tacone. Yeah. Is that fair to pronounce? I think so. Yeah. And then Matthew Compton. Yeah, I think it was, is it Compton? Yeah. I'm missing an N on my spelling here. Put Compto. Jeez, we're just the worst <laughs> researchers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, let's, yeah, let's talk about these guys. We'll talk about Broken Bell later yeah. if we if we feel like it. But this yeah. band, they're based out of Los Angeles. They're yeah. formed in th 2011. Yeah. They got three albums out. Yeah, um, Yeah, I don't know. They, they so And you mentioned pop. Yeah. I think they have an affinity for pop, and they've been going more towards pop. Right. I, yeah. think, I think they love it. They started indie mm -hmm. just based on whatever they were creating and how it was vibing, and that's what they created, and it's really good. But they, they love pop, and I think they're going more towards pop. Yeah. As we'll see throughout this podcast. And um, if you listen to the last album, you can definitely starkly see the direction they're heading. Yeah. And I think it's a good direction. Yeah. You know? Um, and we'll talk about some of that stuff a little bit later. Um, any other achievements or accolades for this quick overview? You know, I don't think out of all of the artists we've done in the, in the history of Roots to Grooves. Um, we've come across a lot of artists that have had Grammy nominations and of the like, mm -hmm. Mercury Music Prizes and stuff like that. I don't think that Electric Guest have been nominated for anything. Yeah. Other than an Emmy, which I'll talk about later on. Um, mm -hmm. But that's just uh, concerning Acer. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, they haven't really, um, like you say, they've had three albums out. First album came out with uh, Danger Mouse's co collaboration on that. And it was like five years before they um, did the second album. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Right. Um, but they, So they haven't really sort of done a lot, but I've heard them say that they don't want to leave it that long again between albums. Um, they want to, you know, pick up the pace, as it were, sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But they've also, like, they're both writers, um, and producers in their own right and they've been doing a lot of other stuff with different artists both together and both separately mm -hmm. a lot of film soundtrack stuff tv soundtrack stuff so they're busy and they're working mm -hmm. um yeah and that, that's what kind of you yeah. know especially doing this research i just really liked it because they're they're not like some pop stars or like famous right. people like they haven't done a lot of crazy things like they've they've really like made it as a band you know yeah um, and they have a lot of listeners and and uh, a community behind them. Yeah. But at the same time, they're they're not on the Grammy stages. Yeah. And they're not, you know, like just top of the pop. They're not like in your face on advertisements and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. They they really seem to be like just genuinely like normal people mm -hmm. who want to make some music and have a good time doing it and try to get their message out into the world and yeah. and you know spread some positivity. Yeah, yeah. And and say some things, you know, that mean something to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's I just that that's kind of one of the reasons why I kind of think it's cool because they're not, you know, the whole I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. they haven't won Grammys, but they're still cool. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't heard of them at all. I hadn't heard any tracks. They're they're even. they're pretty low under the radar. Pretty under the radar, but they seem to have a good following. They've done on mm -hmm. done, done a lot of tours, mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
they've I've even headlined, I think. Um, something I heard them say is like they other bands that have opened for them on stage have told them how great their audience is and mm -hmm. like how they seem to have a really good like positive crowd of people that are yeah coming to the shows. Um, so they do have a following and they got and they're doing the tour thing. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they've they've yeah. toured. They've been. I mean, they've turned it in Europe. Yeah, you know, like big stuff. Yeah, but they're just uh, not um, a household name, yeah. as it were. Well, that's what we're here to do is make them a household name. And there's a great second track then to play in that vein off of their first album, Jesse's favorite album. I love that. I love that album. Under the Gun. By Electric Guest mm -hmm. on their first album, Mondo. Electric Guest being who we're talking about today. On yeah. Reach the Grooves. Welcome. Um, Good stuff. Yeah, how did you... Uh, I'm guessing then it's this first album that you first came across them. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it just a Spotify right. thing? Just a random discovery? I think or? this was a random discovery. Yeah. Probably because a few years ago I was listening to a lot of Broken Bells. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my little narrative story about how I came across this band because mm -hmm. uh let me see when I was in Hawaii in like 2015 I discovered the shins mm -hmm. somebody turned me on to those and so I, I, I was, still haven't listened to them actually are they more indie rock or, yeah it's pretty or, indie uh, right. but I think it's it's really like high grade stuff okay it's yeah. really you know every yeah. every moment is taken care of and with made with love and um you know the lyrics are good it's really wordy so it's it's all around a really good project. It's mostly James Mercer. It, yeah. it is like a band, but I think it's um, not a band. they've had a lot of different members I'm seeing in the shins, but we did it's, talk it's, about Richard Swift on a previous episode, former member. Oh yeah. Uh I didn't worked, know that. He worked with Foxygen and he was also worked with the Shins. Was as a member a, of the Shins, I think. As a live. Um yeah. I don't know what the Shins I you think know, well, if I they think, like settle on being a band or whether they They'd, just have touring musicians or i think it's mostly a touring situation and james okay. yeah. mostly does all the heavy lifting right as far as the writing goes right um i know he had it was like a band for their first album and it was the shins and he wanted to call it the shins because he wanted it it to sound like a band right and then right. after that album came out he fired everybody except for himself <laughs> right and okay. got new people yeah yeah as <laughs> you do <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I don't know the story, but you know, yeah. I love the shins. Right. Um, and then I was listening to that. It probably came up on Spotify as similar type music. Yeah. Obviously, obviously there's a direct connection yeah. through uh, Brian Burton, who's danger mouse yeah. to working with, um, electric guest. Right. So that's that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah. What was I going to say? I mean, I guess, yeah, let's go back into the early years and see where these guys came from Yeah. before we get into any more details. Um, so Asa Tacone, he does all of the vocals, right? Yeah. Does Matthew do any vocals? I don't think so. Okay. Generally, okay. generally, uh, he might he might be. I don't know that off the top of my head, but yeah. generally, Asa's all over the vocals on the the lower register vocals, and he does those falsettos. Yeah. And then, I mean, from the sounds of things, they're both multi instrumentalists. Mm -hmm. um, they both share and playing and writing the song, the music 
yeah and all that um yeah i think compton definitely definitely writes and he, he comes yeah. up with the basis of a lot of the songs just by producing on piano and right and he's a drummer as well right so he's drumming and he makes a lot of the basic yeah you know body of the song and then asa kind of gets in and goes and you know does vocals obviously and yeah makes it pretty ties things together does his part yeah so like matthew is from virginia originally um and he said he grew up listening to a lot of um like east coast punk like mm -hmm. and just hot rock like he was just coming at it from like like hardcore punk and rock scene i think from the east coast okay up. yeah that was asa yeah. uh, that's matthew oh he's okay he's coming from more punk and rock yeah and asa grew up in bay area mm -hmm. and he said he just purely listened to bay, bay area hip-hop growing up yeah um which is interesting uh i guess it's like permeating the thing i don't know what it's like to live in the bay area but you know <laughs> dj shadows from the bay area we talked about right. him yeah, so there's some homies mm -hmm. down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Asa listening to like, I mean, the band in general, indie rock. They're based, right? They're influenced by indie rock in general. Yeah. Um, and I think I think this was Asa saying this from my notes, and he was really interested in like indie rock when he was young, and now he listens to a lot of scores and different things. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who was saying that, but Asa definitely said I grew up on a lot of hip hop and old school soul. Yeah. And got into a lot of folk and songwriting. Yeah. On the, in the younger days. I did read something somewhere kind of weird that happened to Asa where he said he, um, you know, he was growing up listening to a lot of hip hop and then I think a friend of his like got in trouble and was sent to prison and he, he was, he visited him in jail. And then there was some other guy in jail that was like, heard that Asa does music and was like, oh, you know, it'd be good to like collaborate once hey, I get start out. A band? And apparently that sort of kind of scared Asa and he was like, <laughs> oh shit, I don't want to like collaborate with a this guy from a felon for the felon <laughs> so like i think from that point he sort of started exploring more listening to like 60s soul and stuff like that the stuff that i guess inspired and was sampled for a lot of the hip-hop he was using mm -hmm. he went back and listened to like the original cuts and sort of got into that kind of stuff nice um, as well um, a little bit of exploration of yeah his own influences and it sounds like Asa had kind of a creative family growing up his dad was um a theater uh director mm -hmm. um his brother now this is the thing that i was like oh okay did you know about his brother Yorma, i i didn't until i started doing this research yorma tacone he was a writer for snl i never knew his name yeah i i know about him because he's one part of lonely island the the, the comedy trio made up of andy sandberg Yorma Tacone and uh, the third guy. Who's I, the name I, can't I don't know. I'm sorry. The other guy's like more of a director, though. He's actually directed movies. And I feel bad for not knowing their names because everyone knows Lonely Island. <laughs> exactly. They had a. I don't know if they still have the videos up, but like, bef I think it was before he went on SNL. Like Andy Samberg, I was I was binge watching all of their like videos on Lon on Lonely Island's YouTube channel. Hmm. They have all of these sketches, like parody music videos. Like, it's just fucking hilarious. Not attached to SNL? It wasn't, but I think, like, once he got in there and those guys became writers for SNL, they weren't performers, but they were behind the scenes. The right. other two guys from Lonely Island, they kind of sneak, sneaking in some of their their bits. And that's kind of how um, Asa comes into into the into the play because I don't know if you've ever heard of, the, of Justin Timberlake's most famous, one of his most famous songs, Dick in a Box. <laughs> you heard of this it's got to be the yeah i've definitely heard dick in a box 
Uh, this was I heard it like ten years ago. Yeah, there's a video and all that. Oh yeah. Apparently, Asa uh, co-wrote the music for that, <laughs> and he. Uh, That's awesome. He got nominated for an Emmy. Emmy didn't win it, but um, yeah, he said he 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 got in there because of his brother being a writer, and they were kind of snobbing him because it's like we've got these music people already at SNL kind of thing. Yeah. And he managed to get in there. He ended up getting along with the, the other co-music people on the show. And yeah, he like he co-wrote Dick in a Box. I mean, what a wild little start to your career. Mother Lover was another track he did for, for <laughs> SNL. And that's just hilarious to me. I was just like, wow, okay. And then if you see if you see Asa being interviewed, mm-hmm. he looks a lot like his brother. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. brother's like a hilarious performer. I wish his brother would actually perform more, like in movies mm-hmm. or whatever. But because he was hilarious in all the Lonely Island stuff. But anyway. No, but yeah. I mean that that's a very good point. And I was just gonna say for a little bit extra like how old are these guys? I looked up Asa is thirty-eight now. Mm, mm-hmm. You know. So that's it is what it is. I don't I didn't look for Compton. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. But um just just to give a little age yeah. thing, because I mean I think um I'm sorry, what's his name? His older brother? Um Yorma. Yorma. Yeah. He's he's gotta be a few years older. Uh I'm not sure if he's an older brother. I thought I thought um, it was I had the Understand that he was older brother. Let me see. I can tell you now that yes, he yeah. is his, his older checked. brother. Yeah, facts checked. Yeah, so I mean, they're 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 around like their mid forties, so they've been doing like a lot of stuff. I guess Yorma was into music, so he mm-hmm. is there some connection there of, of Asa learning music and learning a DAW or production techniques from his older brother, or is that more of a thing he did himself? I don't know. It's purely speculation at this point but that's fair i mean lonely island though as a trio they do like music is a heavy part of their thing and i think what i already always sort of kind of gathered from lonely island is that they did the music themselves as well and i think it was Mm -hmm. your mother did a lot of the music for that um or yeah at least simple beats and stuff like that yeah yeah um yeah just something to say some funny stuff over and fool around yeah yeah but i mean very high quality comedy yeah, on yeah, the, yeah, I'm on a boat. Uh, yeah, although Asa wasn't involved in that, I, I didn't. No, for that. sure. But yeah, but just as their own group. <laughs> yeah, but that is a very cool connection, and yeah. you know, I guess we have to say something like, I mean, was there any help from these this connection, like knowing these people and and the electric guests getting their stuff out? Uh, so there's like two things at play here, uh, and I think they're both kind of separate. I feel like Asa has managed to sort of forge a career as a writer and producer because he got that break doing stuff for SNL pretty early Mm -hmm. on. And that I think eventually led to a publishing deal, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because, you know, he's written these like, it might be comedy music or whatever, but it's still like pretty well known. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. People don't see those songs as like, Oh, that's not true music. Yeah. Like a lot of people might say that, but, but it really is. Yeah. And what are you going to say? Weird Al's not real music? <laughs> Where, where's the line of, you know, when something is, is like a farce or uh, um, um, being ironic? And by the way, there is a a, um, a Weird Al movie coming out. Um, there is? With Daniel Radcliffe playing really? Weird Al, which is strange to me. I saw really? a trailer. The trailer look, doesn't look too bad, actually. I can't but, see him playing Weird Al, but I'm, I like Radcliffe. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it. Um. Akiva, sorry, is the other guy in Lonely Island. Okay. And I was going to say, yeah, I think like, you know, Ace's break 
through that and also Akiva going on to direct um, movies. Um, he, like Ace, has done some stuff on his movies. Uh, also, uh, Ace has done some stuff for Portlandia. You know, there's the Portlandia mm -hmm. connection there with SNL as well. So, I mean, I think it's an opportunity of like yeah. how we've discussed the like what luck is. Like, mm. it's not this guy's not just getting lucky, but he was prepared when the opportunity came. Yeah. And yeah. that's what opened him up to having these different avenues for success and whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. That's what I see. That's something I've seen a lot. Yeah. That, that famous quote that keeps, keeps coming up. I keep hearing it in different things now. Again, recently, you know, what do they say is uh, luck is when, uh, or was it a pro preparation and opportunity what's yeah. the saying no i'm ballsing it up i don't know, know? I, I think, think everyone knows but i think we came up with it i don't know <laughs> no but no but some some iteration of that like luck plus opportunity equals yeah. success or something yeah i don't know You're, like taking advantage of luck yeah i don't know i don't know but we, we've said you it before. take the luck and you prepare for the no you stew uh, it up you stew it up no but like yeah Luck is all, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about preparation, right? Yeah, and being doing, ready for what you want to do. Honing your skills, doing your thing. Cast a net and the universe will... Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. Or, I don't know, throw yourself <laughs> off a cliff and the universe will give you a net. <laughs> we should write a book of, like, messed up <laughs> yes. analogies that don't it, quite make sense. Yes, but it makes you think anyway. <laughs> okay, but so we're, we're talking about around... So you were saying about, like, do you think that's how... Oh, yeah. Electric uh, guest kind of got bit. I think the other part of this was Danger Mouse himself. Well, let's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. the, the, they, we all live in a house together. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so Danger Mouse, Brian Burton, yeah. was living in a house with... Um, I'm not sure who else was there, but it sounded like, what a, was Kim, like, a art, like everyone there was an artist. It was like a musical household. In LA. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think it was all musicians. I think Yorma was there. Well, and it might I think, have been, yeah. I think yeah. he had a room there. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I know Brian Burton was like moving out or something. And so there was a spot and Asa had a spot. And so he moved into the house and that's how he met Brent, Brian Burton. Yeah. 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 And then uh, they had a music studio set up in the basement, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, Brian was working out of. Um, and then, yeah. So like Matthew came into the picture because he he'd just moved to LA and somehow got like into this house uh, right like he went to go basically play drums for yeah, a he session. was going for yeah, yeah to work in the basement for a session do some drums and, and then asa was around heard him play they got to talking asa was like at that point already starting to write material for electric guests right. yeah and then asked matthew oh do you want to play on some things and yes the rest is history right that's right. genesis right there that's the pinpoint yeah. yeah and um yeah and i think yeah, I was going to say the the other thing because about their success and all that is it is Brian Burton Danger Mouse's guidance. Um, even though he like was heavily or directly involved in the first album, Aces also said he's kind of like the executive producer of all their work because he's constantly like someone that he can go to for advice and uh, and you, to play him tracks and get feedback and stuff like that. Yeah, but, he's yeah. he's he's a little bit more experienced, a little bit older. He's forty four. Yeah. I just looked it up. All right. Um, so he's almost like serving as a little bit of a, you know, what you already said, a guide. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, spiritual, musical spirit. Sensei. Yeah, musical <laughs> sensei. Um, so so yeah. that's where this all got started. Yeah, yeah. And um, then they really just sort of spent, um, when Matthew sort of joined that, I think they that's all three of them came together to like fully flesh out and finish all those songs and create the album. Mm-hmm. 
and it was a while before they released it and something Ace has talked about a lot is um, kind of having a good group of people around you to sort of have for feedback and stuff like that. Um, and Andy Sandberg being one of them, uh, he said he gave the album to Andy before it was released and he was bumping it on his honeymoon with his wife. Wow. Um, and before that, I think like Andy and his wife asked a few people to do some cover versions of songs for their wedding or something like that. And Asa did one of them. Like just, I don't know if it was like a funny thing. It might have been a funny thing. Hey, do, some more, comedians, do some more, do some of that Lonely exactly, Island exactly, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's someone also that um, he was like, Andy was like, contacting him is like yeah we've been playing this like non-stop like 300 times on our honeymoon like you have to like release this yeah, yeah. um so getting good feedback yeah from and, people you know, surrounding yeah and especially as i think even you know andy does the lonely line of music but he's more known as an actor and writer um but a successful one in the industry so you know i think like getting feedback from people that are you know doing well in the in the entertainment industry you know, that's only going to give you confidence, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, amen. Uh, let me dive in for a little bit because we're still on a kind of early section. Yeah. So let me tie up a couple ends. Because um, Asa Tacone, who we're talking about, he was kicked out of high school mm -hmm. um, in Berkeley. I guess Berkeley's the city or whatever, you know, the town. Right. Not the school. Yeah. And then uh, he started hanging out at a, a donut shop. Mm -hmm. And he met a lady there. Yeah. And she... she I don't know, they were talking and she deemed him. She said, you're an electric guest of the universe. Yeah. And so that's where the name comes from. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, that's all I got on that story. That's all he said. He um, said something about a boot camp after he was kicked out of high school. And in his days off, they'd go to the Dunkin' Donut. And I think she was an employee there. And she said, yeah, one of the last times he saw her, oh. she said, don't forget you're an electric guest of the universe. What a lady. Where is she? Who is she? Yeah. And... uh and and he mentioned he retold the story a few years later to Danger Mouse, and he was like, "You should call the band that." And then Asa was like, "I fucking hate that name." Like, yeah. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, I saw him saying one of it. One of he was like, "Kind of hate the name, but it stuck." So whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad name. I actually like it. Electric I, guest. I think it works. Yeah. Names are weird. Yeah, I think means, the certain point the name doesn't mean anything. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Weird yeah. names are always weird. Yeah. Um. So, but even before they released this music as their first album, Mondo. Yeah. They were already touring. Right. So they went. Um. They they were touring in Europe. They played music festivals like South by Southwest, Sasquatch, mm -hmm. which is up here in Washington at the Gorge. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that one's going on anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, da, 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 da. yeah, there's their snowball towards fame started beginning in L.A. at the KCRW. Mm. Um. I don't know, show, radio show where they played right. their... They do their, a live in studio. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Is exactly. there a video of that? There is on YouTube and okay, it's very cool, good. Yeah. Um, I, there might be other songs that they perform, but they at least for sure perform Trouble Man. Mm. That they're like epic eight or nine minute long, you know, indie rock. Which we're going to play. Maybe in its entirety. <laughs> we were debating whether or not play because it's yeah. kind of long, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but, it, but it is a cool track. And yeah. that's, that's one of the things I listened to early on when I was discovering these guys. And I was like, okay, these guys aren't scared to do a nice long track. They're really going deep. Not, you know, and it's really good. And yeah. it makes, you know, just how it makes me feel is how I judge the music. And it makes me feel good. Do you think it's uh, 
hard or easy to end up with a really long song? Like, because I find it hard to like write a two minute thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it, is it like, I don't know. I think if you end up with something that long, it's just like a stream of consciousness, this thing, right? It just ends up being that long, like maybe. That's yeah. how I feel. I can imagine yeah. like yeah. it, it just kind of happened. And mm. so like nobody goes out like, oh, I'm going to write a nine minute song today. Except Freddie Mercury. No. Does he? Does I don't know. <laughs> how, lo how long was Bohemian Rhapsody? Was that? 10 or 15 minutes. Was it that long? No, it's not that long. <laughs> it's not that long, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I think a lot of the time these beast beasts of songs, like I don't think people know they're going to be a beast even. And it, you, we've yeah. talked about artists not even knowing if their song's going to be a hit or not. Yeah. And then the song is absolutely massive. Yeah. They don't even know. This is something Ace has talked about a lot, actually. Um, kind of around the concept of um, like... Yeah, sort of, well, it kind of bleeds into the second album, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, basically, you don't really know what you're creating is going to be. You mm -hmm. know, like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Right. Um, he he said one of the inspirations he got from him was uh, Andre 3000 talking about when he wrote that song, uh, Hey Ya. Mm. And uh, apparently Andre 3000 almost scrapped that entire album and that song because he thought it was too in a crazy different direction than what outcast were right. doing up to that point sort of thing for some reason he decided to put it out anyway and it was a hit and like ace has said it's like a hit like kind of globally like everyone mm -hmm. knows that it's like as big as smells like teen spirit he used as an example sort of thing right and now, um, now they play that song at every wedding no matter right, what exactly. culture you're a part of yeah and it's like uh yeah it's kind of We've touched on it in different episodes, different artists as well. It's like sometimes the thing you do the quickest um, with the least amount of like like fussing over mm -hmm. becomes like the best thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that you try and spend too much time on just gets contrived because you're overworking it. And I think all this to say that like Acer is kind of a proponent of not overanalyzing music mm -hmm. or over intellectualizing it mm -hmm. sort of thing. He said it's a battle. He said he over-intellectualizes everything in his life. So. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. And as we all do. And so it's like a daily thing to sort of try and not really overthink things and just do it and just have fun um, with with it, you know. So Yeah, yeah, yeah not taking it too seriously. Yeah. I, I do remember an interview or something he was talking about when he's just trying to work on something and just just like spinning his wheels, like, oh, I'm going to make this into the best song. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm producing it. It needs a guitar. It needs drums. It needs this. Mm. and it's just like but it's not happening mm. so if that energy is not happening like just go casual like yeah just you know let the energy flow through you type of thing instead of trying to force something if it's not happening yeah, yeah. um and and then on on the outskirts looking out it's like it's the same thing because everyone on tiktok says the same thing about the videos like a lot of these they'll, mm. they'll work really hard on a video and edit it and it looks really nice and professional and it will get zero views Mm. Or just like minimal views. Yeah. But then they'll just take like a, a selfie kind of video that's really casual and chill and they had no plan. That video goes viral. Right. And so it's like the same kind of, same energy, yeah, same yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're on their, their come up. They haven't even mm -hmm. released this album yet. Or I mean, I guess we're about where they released the album. So they released mm -hmm. Mondo. Was mm -hmm. it 2011 or 12? Yeah, I think 2011. I think 11. Yeah, around that time. And... For reference, Broken Bells came out with their first album in 2010, I think. Yeah. So 
you know, you listen to both those albums, that first Broken Bells self-titled album and Mondo, and it, they could be almost brother-sister albums. Yeah, if you played Awake next to one of those, I can't remember which Broken Bells track it is, mm-hmm. but it's like almost yeah. <laughs> very I mean, similar. I mean, sonically, yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. the mixing. And it's nice, yeah. though. It sounds nice. It's very pleasant to my ears. Yeah. So I like it. Um, but yeah, this is the album I discovered Electric Guest on, and I think it's great all the way through. It's got yeah. kind of a lo-fi... Mm. um like filter on it almost it feels like nice and warm warm though um yeah there's a few tracks funky it's groovy there's like the ones we've played so far are kind of clean sounding like i was saying with that dry drum sound and Mm -hmm. the acoustic guitars and all they have some tracks that sound a little bit more gritty lo-fi almost kind of like 1960s pop or something Mm -hmm. like that a little bit um kind yeah like like you would hear like the the three minute catchy pop song in the 60s you know sort of upbeat kind right. of stuff like yeah almost i guess you mentioned it earlier white boy motown or something oh yeah <laughs> yeah monkeys comes to mind i mm-hmm. don't know well they were pop but yeah yeah but using a lot of those pop sensibilities yeah and and a lot of the pop sensibilities back then are where, where indie rock people are taking their ideas right. putting them in now yeah. i mean it's all we live in a postmodern world jay i thought we we're in a modern world <laughs> I thought I was on Earth. Modern, modern time. Modern life is rubbish. That's a Blur album. I heard. I heard is it? Came across that the other day because I saw there's a YouTube video of this guy. He has a channel called Produce Like a Pro or something like that. British guy lives in LA. He was with Grand Coxon from Blur though, and they were doing a breakdown of Song Two and how it was made. Oh, nice. And all the layers and all that. And I think that's. Oh, I think I saw that video. Yeah. And then it also, like yeah, he said they did a breakdown of the whole album. Uh, not that album. I think Modern Life is Rubbish, which is a different album. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Modern Times. I'm, I'm slowly getting into Blur. They have a lot of good stuff. Yeah. They, they, it's, if, it's, all, it's all pretty fun. It's kind of a whole, or digressing already, but there's kind of a whole era of that. Uh, I think if you think about Blur's like second or third album, around that time there were lots of really interesting i guess people call it brit pop but but it was more there were a lot of just indie rock bands out at that time mm-hmm. like oh, i mean i think echo and the bunny man was still releasing stuff and i think they're american though are they i don't know never heard um, of them i don't know never heard of, okay um blur suede um lots of like just sort of Bush, I think, still released. Oh, I was stuff about like to say Bush. But yeah, they, were they like, were they grunge? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I was like, my favorite album of Bush's Razorblade Suitcase. I think I'm not sure if that's a song or the name of the album, but <laughs> I was listening. Well, like, I keep occasionally go back and listen to it. I was listening to it the other day. Just the the atmosphere of that album, like, still draws you back. Yeah, because if you re- think about it, back in those days, the not even that long ago, but like they would record things live. Mm-hmm. And the drum sound on that album, that Bush album, it sounds like it's in a room, but it's like really mixed really well. You can hear the kick and all that. And, but it just has this whole acoustic room sound to the whole album kind of thing, which I really kind of like. And I'll have to give it a yeah. listen too. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, digression. Um, well, yeah. Well, we're talking Mondo. It was released April 2012. Right. Um, yeah, I think a good song is called The Bait. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to touch on that because there's a couple notes based on, I mean, it's kind of how like creative, but they just start with like a, the drums, I think mm. the drums where there's like a bass and they're just like 
I don't know. This is a bad story. I don't really have that much to say <laughs> about it. But the whole, I already said what I wanted to say. Like the whole album's good. Yeah. And I would definitely start with this album if you're looking to getting into Electric Guest based on the music we played. Let's play Trouble Man. Yes. She was young once, girl of the bohemian kind, in the cold bright dawn. To grow. You are listening to Rooster Grooves with me, Jay Purcell, Jesse Quigley, and you just heard Trouble Man from Electric Guest, who's who we're talking about this week. That's off their first album, Mon- Mondo, and you could almost retitle this episode or this uh, first album, Love, because we've been sp- that's the third track we spun off of that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight, but it's a great album. So it is, know. and that's a good track. And that it's- was a long one, but it was really well structured and paced. And yeah, everything. and has <laughs> enough changes to keep it interesting. Mostly yeah. though, the, the the lyrics too. You know, it's like a narrative. It's not a lot of repeating just over and over. Yeah. So it like takes you on this journey. Um, so I mean I, I just think it's a good track. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to it, just like it's just such a good jam and like the nice synth parts, just it's sonically I like it. So yeah, yeah. So I don't care what you guys think. I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but awesome. So let's move on to the next album. Yeah. So it was uh, quite a bit of a gap between uh, this first album coming out and the second one, which they called Plural, which came out in 2017. Um, I think between this time though they. They'd done a lot of stuff. They continued touring. Mm-hmm. They had written and produced material for other artists as well as film and TV soundtrack stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like Asa had some personal problems as well that he um, doesn't want to share publicly. So right. we'll respect that, obviously. But um, uh, but um, this is an album that, uh, that they're not happy with, Matthew or Asa. Now, yeah. real quick, mm-hmm. I know it's either this album or the next album mm-hmm. that they, they basically had a whole album recorded, basically ready to go, mm. uh, but the execs, the businessmen didn't like it. Mm. So they had to work to basically make new material. Okay, right. And I want to say it's this album. Right, yeah, it was this album for sure. Okay, yeah, so um, I mean, yeah, it was kind of a... I think. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure now. I, Hey, you guys tell us, but this is what we're going to go based on our research. This is what we think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just was listening to him in an interview and that's what he was describing. Yeah. Which, you know, for multiple reasons, that must be stressful. You know, you're trying to make your art, put out your art and other people don't like it mm-hmm. on your label. They don't want to release it and give you the backing mm-hmm. resources and stuff. Um, so it was a little bit just kind of messy as far yeah. as all these people in the organization from the band to the record label and what they wanted to do with this project. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can only imagine that starting off with a little bit of almost resentment or disdain, you know, also like a new label got involved with this as well. Um, the first one came out on because music, 
which is a French label. Uh, and then, uh, and then it's re-released on downtown, I think. Um, and then Interscope records got involved on plural, the second album. Um, I'm not sure if that was, uh, like a collaboration between those labels or different labels for different territories. Cause that used to be a thing back in the day. Right. Some artists would have a different label in a different country, but you know, <laughs> Um, we're, we're in an increasingly globalized world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it just didn't like come out in the way that they wanted it to sound. Um, like I, I feel like maybe, th uh, one of the things that came up here was Ace's desire to not over intellectualize music, but I feel like he felt like he might've over thought this stuff, the songs kind of thing, especially if it's this album and then they had to like rework songs based on feedback from the label. But yeah. That's just not a great spot to be creating creatively. No, that's like being, you know, I just binged watched, uh, the offer, which is a, a multiple series TV show based on the making of the Godfather movie. Yeah. And, uh, I think the stories around making that movie were kind of infamous for like how many difficulties they had and how Francis Ford Coppola was going to get fired and how Pacino was going to get fired. For what? Just because the business people didn't really have faith in these artists, I you know. And I think it's the same kind of thing can happen in music. You know, of course it's their money they're putting up like to do this stuff, but then, you know, but you kind of try, but if you're in this business, you're putting that up for artists to do their art, I would hope, and not interfere with something you don't know about. Like, but, you know. it's, it's a little bit yeah. of a compromise, yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah. Like if you're building a house, you want to have control over, well, I get to say who's building it, what company I'm going to use to build it, mm -hmm. you know, not just give, you know, so I, can, I see it both ways, but it's a sticky situation yeah. as these conversations, you know, about battles between artists and their labels come up and it's yeah. still, it's always been a thing and it's still a thing. Mm -hmm. Um. But I mean, yeah, they released it and they don't like it. And, you know, Danger Mouse wasn't involved on this other than just from a feedback perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I sort of skimmed through this album. Uh, there were two tracks I kind of liked, but overall, like, yeah, the production quality was a bit different. Um, would you say it's more poppy? Um, or would you say it's still more... The thing that struck me about it was the production quality. It sounded thin. Didn't sound like it had body. It so. didn't have that Danger Mouse warmth. No, um, but we'll play a track though, because because I think there are a couple of good tracks on it, and, I, and the ones mm -hmm. I picked out, I think, were, had that warmth more than the others. Okay, um, this one's called My Omen. Guests from their second album, plural, an album which they don't like. 
Right. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting though, because you said there was two songs that stood out to you that yeah. were warmer. Yeah. Um, I was as I was doing my research, research. I was listening to Asa. He said that they picked. They had this album that they had created that they scrapped basically mm-hmm. and recreated a new album for their second release. They, he said Asa said that they took two songs from that original project and put it on plural. Mm. I, I wonder if they're the same two that you picked out. Do you know which ones they are? No, he didn't say. He oh, didn't okay. say. So I don't know. I picked out My Omen and Oh Devil as my two. So, I only just put these yeah. two together in my head. So okay. yeah, yeah. But no, he didn't. I, he didn't elaborate. On he didn't elaborate ones. on which ones. Yeah. Well, mate, let us know. Asa. That'd be really interesting to know. Send us an email. Roots the Greaves at signalradio.com. S i g n l radio.com. Yeah. Is it my omen and O devil? Because they have both kind of like. Jace calling it out sonically. De- devilly omeny things as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> omen devil. They sound warm. Yeah, Jay's on to something, and uh, maybe I, don't know. I usually trust him. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, they don't like it. We don't like it. Let's move on. I'm just kidding. That's good. It's fine. <laughs> I uh, mean, I like it. Yeah, I didn't no, hear the whole album from beginning to end, but um, it's it's fine. Yeah. I, I think they, they were transitioning. They had a. I mean, this is what I wanted to say. They were produced by Lars Stalfers. Mm. So he's worked with a band called Health, mm. which I'm not familiar with, but he I'm familiar with a band he's worked with called Cold War Cold War Kids. He's also wor- worked with Mars Volta. Okay. So you know Mars Volta. I've heard of them, yeah. And I love their first album. I, I say that's their first album Yeah. is like my Delouse and the Contorum is my favorite album. Okay. So yeah. I love time. Some, like that's like my, yeah, I think it, I go back to it. Mm. It's it's between that one and the smile sessions of the Beach Boys. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know, that's the two I can come up with the top of my head. Cool. But not prepared to give my list to the whole world right now. <laughs> Off the cuff. But yeah, so let's move on. So their next album um, is Kin. Yeah. And so just basically in this whole, t- they they dropped their album in like 2011 or 2012, started the band, and then they just kind of had been touring and making music and mm-hmm. doing their band thing throughout this whole decade. Yeah. Um, and we're just continuing on with that story. Kin comes out yeah. in 2019. I thought it kind of might have a, like a prophetic album cover. Um because it's oh, like these two people with like sharing what looks like a mask. I, I noticed that too when I was looking at it. And I was like, but this came out before COVID was a thing. I it think. came out in October um, 2019. All right, it was right on the cusp, but I think people didn't really think COVID was a thing. I don't think it was. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of anything of it until like January. Yeah, right. Um, so I thought that was interesting from seeing that. That, um, if anything, I think it's a, a universal like synchronicity that they tapped into. Kind of, yeah, because kin, kinship. Mm-hmm. Ace has talked a lot about family and uh, likes to sort of, I think, touch on those themes mm-hmm. lyrically, kind of thing, coming together, love. Um, and furthermore, when I hear kin, I think of like like tribalness, like mm-hmm. I'm with my people, or are you with your people? Like, what does it mean to be okay family? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's on my side? Who's on? Who's not on my side? Who's next of kin? Yeah, who's, who's next of kin? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, uh, and this artwork, he didn't say the name of the artist, but he found this uh, guy online. Um, this guy was sharing all this artwork. This, this guy, sound, he described him as an agoraphobic. He doesn't really sort of like to put himself out there, like his name attached to his artwork sort of thing. Um, agoraphobic as in like stemming from agoraphobia yeah like like fear of going outside yeah yeah um 
which I think people misuse that word a little bit because I think the literal sense of that is like you literally can't be out in open air because it like really it's not like a introverted extroverted like i prefer no. to stay in i'm a homebody yeah it's, it's just, like it's like i, I have a yes. physiological reaction if i'm outside yeah i feel um, scared and then the lower people say that just to, to sort of describe i think in like hermits or you know people want to stay at home and stuff like that but um <laughs> this art which everyone was yeah. in the last two years <laughs> they were forced exactly <laughs> uh but like uh he got, managed to get in contact with this artist and now this guy does all of uh their artwork uh for their albums and merch as well i think so, that's cool when there's like a theme of the visuals and it, it's somewhat cohesive and yeah and stays yeah by the same artist or the same theme i think it's kind of cool and they do it with their music videos as well they have a lot of funny music videos and some of them uh, like yorma's directed one on one of them okay and, oh that's right that's i meant yeah. to put that in my notes but they yeah. came out with a song called dollar i yeah. think it was off plural I and think, his older brother yorma um yeah directed it and produced it i think yeah and i think akiva the other guy in lonely island edited it so, okay right yeah so yeah getting the old yeah. getting the old band back together exactly yeah and that was cool i meant to um talk about that for a second because it was like a cool com- homecoming situation because they're you know on tour and stuff all over the country and they got to come come back to the bay area to san francisco and they said they used all their like all their favors that they could have gotten mm-hmm. like, people were letting them in i'm starting a brewery you guys can come film in here they had like a yeah they said the label said like we don't have any money for a video you can use your phone (laughs) and they were like well we'll go back home and pull some favors yeah right so and it was cool so watch dollar it is a cool fun yeah uh video and then they are pretty down to earth they said their their buddy was they're working in a like a marijuana factory or what do you call them grow yeah grow operation yeah and they they were filming in there but then they watched the video back and they thought it was too like cool guy right like look at all this marijuana and they were like this isn't our vibe so they took it out yeah yeah. um so and just to touch on like their respect for themselves like and they're they're trying to push the right memos and not just be like oh look we're cool and we're rich and we're gangsters and we have marijuana and access to marijuana farms right you know anyway (laughs) but that's all i had to say on that but we're talking about kin yeah um yeah tribally minded title um Oh, then there was another thing I meant to say about the first album because they they had invited a uh, Haim, the band of like four girls. Oh yeah, to sing on like at least one track. Right. And then eventually we're talking about Kin now in 2019 that dropped and they invited as they were crafting the album Kin they invited Haim and I think Sir Sly hmm. um, over for like a barbecue while they're and and showing them some of their songs and like getting a little bit of feedback and seeing what they think. Yeah. Um. Just uh, yeah, as they crafted Kin, I think it was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a little a note here. Uh, Tacone. Is it Tacone? It's not Tacone, is it? I Asa? say Tacone, Yeah, I could be wrong. But Asa um, describes Kin as a ode to early 2000s pop and R&B music. Mm, yeah. uh, citing the Neptunes. I heard that come up a couple times. He was listening to a lot of Neptunes and Justin Timberlake, like uh, Justified. Yeah. Some of these early 2000s pop music. Mm-hmm um early tamia i can hear that on some of the tracks like uh the acoustic guitar thing is a little bit like that justin timberlake ding a ding okay i can see that not on a cup not quite but almost okay sort of vibe on some of these tracks no that's that's good though yeah um yeah while the album is is, uh it was packed with sunny melodies and this is a sentence i stole the album is packed with uh, sunny melodies and saturine lyrics 
both bandmates insist a deeper message is imbued throughout the new music. Mm. And this, so this album is much more poppy though. Yeah. Like almost intentionally, like, like starkly it's, it's a certain difference, you know, distancing from their first album. Yeah. It sounds a little bit, it's just sonically more poppy. I heard uh, one interviewer asked them, like he said, that uh, people have described it as unapologetic, unapologetically pop man. Words. <laughs> yeah. Tongue twister. Um, and uh, he said, that's funny because you don't hear that being said about any other genre. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. And Asa was like, well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, pop can get a bad rap. I think I might have alluded to it a little bit on our last episode, Jesse Ware, which actually was recorded over a year ago, when <laughs> just came out last week. Uh, <laughs> I got to um, listen to that one back. It's funny. It's different. It's different. <laughs> The audio quality and the discussion is different. Oh, we, we've come so far, Jay. Yeah, well, this is like episode 71 now. So, mm -hmm. and we've actually recorded maybe 74, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of trial runs, you know. <laughs> but um, where was I? Uh, yeah, he said about the pop thing that, yeah, it can get a bad rap and it can be empty feeling, you know, a lot of the time sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think yeah. other genres don't have that, like, like I think I saw the same interview and you know, like rock music, you know, it's just it's rock, it's bombastic and it's loud and unforgiving. Um, but nobody's ever like, ooh, like oops, I'm sorry, I'm gonna rock out a little bit. But like pop is known to have a little bit, some aspects of it, some music in the pop realm and genre are are can be vapid or like like void of substance, like. It's just kind of surface level. Mm -hmm. Not all pop. I'm certainly not, I love pop too. Yeah. Um, like I'm right with with Asa. Like you, I love pop, but I also love like weird indie progressive stuff. Mm -hmm. But pop is so good, and so he has a love for it as well. But if you think about it, the interesting thing, even I think everyone, but especially someone to think about as musicians, is we're all exposed to pop music mm -hmm. right throughout our lives. That's it's true. Pop, it's popular, mainstream, played everywhere, so we're all exposed to it, and it's like whether we like it or not. I mean, I, you know, was exposed to a lot of, uh, yeah, same, similar stuff. I'm the same age as him. So like, you know, when, uh, Beyonce and Justin, when Justin Timberlake dropped his first album, proper album and stuff like that, you know, that was Neptunes and Pharrell mm -hmm. Williams and all that sort of stuff was coming out. I liked a lot of it. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't really, you know, I was also listening to like DJ shadow and, and like, some new metal and stuff like that stuff. yeah but i also i appreciated like the catchiness of and the funkiness of some of those tracks mm -hmm. from those artists that were coming out i mean i think even r&b has usually been pretty good like throughout the years there's some classic like 90s r&b yeah stuff yeah. out there you know i'm thinking like tlc or whatever you know stuff like that just some real like, good stuff yeah um timeless yeah, and he's yeah, grabbing grabbing inspiration from that. Well, they both were. Something also that they said. A um, couple of things. I just wanted to sneak in uh, Matthew because we haven't heard from a lot from him in this episode. He's a very quiet guy. It seems like in a lot of the well, interviews, and we but, don't really say that, but he is. I think yeah. he's a little bit just more reserved. Yeah, and I I mean I saw in interviews and stuff even they would talk about it and they would they would make a quick like a quip about yeah. it like the interview saying something like I'd be like oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i think maybe we saw the same yeah, thing yeah. or something but i think matthew is a little bit just just chill and conservative he's obviously like 
he's half of the band and he's he produces and i don't know if he sings but he has a big part in the band yeah we don't mean to leave him out yeah um the one thing he did say kind of snuck in an interview was um you know because they were talking about touring and how kind of it's and the unconventional lifestyle that goes around with that like it's not a comfortable lifestyle but also sure. but also they're kind of living their dream at the same time like Ace has said, it's like, well, it's weird because you spend 23 hours a day not doing a show and then one hour doing a show. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the other thing Matthew said in that same sort of context was like, you know, about music is you just have to stay committed and just do it. So there's a lot of people that talk about it, talk about doing things, but don't actually do things, you know. And I think that was something that resonates with me, not just in music, but anything you do, um, got to take action, mm -hmm. right? And you got to stay committed to it. And you just got to do it. If you don't do mm -hmm. it, then, you know, you could be like, oh, I was, I was unsuccessful doing this. Well, did you ever record an album? Did you ever go on tour? Did you ever mm -hmm. do these things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before you said you're unsuccessful? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't that's, know. That's what I'm saying about yeah. personal agency, like having yeah. that, like, you know, being present in, in your own body. Like I'm yeah. the one controlling these things. Yeah. And any situation I find myself in is my own doing. I sewed this, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a powerful thing, but it's powerful both ways. So if you don't do anything, yeah, probably not going to get what you want. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other thing about this is, you know, this whole music thing as well is you're putting yourself out there and you're putting things out there. And, you know, I think Acer has, has come and both of them, Matthew as well, has come to the point where they just can't really, um, look at reviews or comments online about stuff because there are haters out there and, if you see that, it, it kind of it sort of hurts your confidence. I mean, we've had, I think, a couple of hateful comments on the... Bring it well, on. Well, even hate. I, I think there could be a lot worse, actually, but like there was yeah. sort of constructive criticism. It's kind of so weird. It's like, yeah. <laughs> In fact. But it's still, nonetheless, it's like, oh, we put in all this effort and we're like, oh, someone doesn't like it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you can like, overthink that, mm -hmm. over-intellectualize that. But yeah, they both have come to the point now where they don't, you know look at these comments of these things because you know he said like no you know not everyone's gonna love everything you do not everyone's gonna love all the music you do yeah like for our next artist that we're covering i've seen some youtube comments that are pretty like hurtful on like a mainstream use channel clip kind of thing oh yeah I'm like well that's weird but you know it's people are weird whatever you know, you don't, that's what you gotta can't say. please everyone you can please some other people what was it what bob marley said please some of the people but you can't please all the people all the time i don't some know lyric he had <laughs> i don't know you, you tell me i don't you tell us i'll have to look it up later let us know yeah jay jay email us at the email i'll, e I'll email <laughs> from reach the grooves to reach the grooves yeah. and get a bounce back i, I do Echo. that <laughs> roots, roots, roots. feedback I, I do that sometimes too though if i have to get music from my laptop to my phone or something and i can't figure out how because i swear some things won't send in a certain way or whatever you know, the weirdest thing is, is, you, is, have you ever texted yourself from your own phone? I just did that the other day. I just did that the other day. I do that from my laptop. I'm like texting my phone. So it's, it's weird. I have a text thread for myself. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> anyway. Probably, I don't know. It's either healthy or it's not it's, healthy. It's either really lonely. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how's it going, Jay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll text you, buddy. I'll text you. Accidentally, this is like accidentally text myself something I shouldn't that was <laughs> intended for someone else. <laughs> Jay, I don't like that shirt you're wearing. Yeah. Like, hey, that... Well, it's so man. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got on Electric Guest, but I think this has been a good episode. I think we've been pretty 
somewhat-ish comprehensive. I think uh, yeah. they're really good. Yeah. They're indie, they're funky, they're groovy. They got good, you know, lyrics, falsetto. Yeah. They're a good duo. It's just feel-good music. They got good, you know, mindset and attitude. Yeah. They're trying to put good things into the world and, and be positive. Yeah. And I, I can certainly get behind this project. Yeah. I, I recommend it. Listen to Mondo. Yeah. Um, if you guys, I mean, well, you got anything else, Jay? No, I was going to mention, I think we're going to close out with one random track from the most recent album, right? Uh, it's not called one random track, but I'm going to play a, Jay named a random it. selection. All right, then this is it. But it's been real and it's been fun. Thank you guys for joining us. If you guys got any cool stories or quips to let us know or you guys want to hate on us a little bit, Jay, give them the email. Roots to Grooves at SignalRadio.com. S-I-G-N-L Radio.com. 6.15 on the clock watch. Keep on looking at it because I know the day will soon be out. Been the same way up to now. Try to be smooth, but I'm still not. Everything is sentimental since the day you came around. Turn the page inside and out. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.